Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So hi everyone and welcome to The Human Conversation and this is episode 18 and I have got an amazing guy with me on my podcast today. This guy is from across the pond, so he's actually based in Dallas. Is that right, Dallas, Ali? Yes, Dallas, Texas. Yep. Dallas, Texas. So he's Ali Mirza. So on LinkedIn, we're big pals on LinkedIn, Ali and I. We've chatted and connected for a long time. And this is the first time we've actually spoken to each other and had a human conversation. So I am so excited. I've got a list of questions that I want to ask him. But just before I start to get you to talk to us, Ali, on his mm-hmm. profile on LinkedIn, he tells us, that he helps business owners make social media a consistent lead generation channel. Ali, welcome to my podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jules. I think we've known each other. We're sort of like LinkedIn friends and um, for a while. So thank you so much for inviting on on the show. I'm happy to be here and uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's find out. So I've got things I want to know because, you know, the difference here, Ali, I'm not going to ask you your age. It's rude for me to do that. Okay. I reckon I am probably old enough to be your mother. Um, so I kind of have, um, I think what's interesting is we have a generation gap, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of when I first started to work, we had no internet, we had no World Wide Web, no mobile phones. I mean, can you imagine this world that I lived in, Ali? Yeah, and you know, it's funny that you say that because there's a lot of talk about millennials and Gen Z and how they transition. And I see we, we miss because the, the, the people like us or people like you, you know, people who lived in the sort of like other times and now you're seeing this transition and not only seeing it, you are in the transition, you're making it happen. Yeah, because a lot of if you look at, I think we both produce a lot of content on LinkedIn and social. A lot of people, it's not just the millennials and Gen Z. A lot of people who are producing content, learning about the social technology, social media platforms, they are much, much older, and that excites me because you know it's all about learning and then you know improving and then getting better. Yeah, I love that, Ali, and I totally agree with you. And I think, yeah, I'm proud, actually, of how much I've embraced everything. I, I feel proud that I've, I've got out there and I've learned it and I've not sat in this one place saying, oh, no, we never did it like that in my day. Um, yes. but, but I think what I have, I have this wonderful benefit of realizing what it was like when we didn't have this stuff. Mm-hmm. So where I come from, and you know this because you've read my posts and we've, we've been LinkedIn buddies, I come from that human place. I still want to have this human connection. So I, there's a part of me wants to fight the automation and fight the online stuff, but um, because I, I still want this connection, you know, between people. So, so I guess that's where I sit in it all. Um, yeah. I, I want to ask you a few things just about what you do, so that the audience listening get a, a real feel for, you know, 
what you bring to the world as an entrepreneur. Um, I've got things here from your LinkedIn that say you do two things in terms of one, creating an engaging social presence. That's what you'd help me to do. Yep. And the, the other, the second part is the generating leads, sales and revenue from that. Yes. Yes. So what I do, um, you know, let's translate that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so people can understand. So I run a social and digital marketing agency called iSocial U here in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I primarily, because there are a lot of people who do social media, they do Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing, you know, LinkedIn, everything, right? So what I tell people, you know, when you think of businesses, it's not just about Facebook marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. It's not about those tools because they always change. It's about look at your business. It's about your business and your target audience and how you can help them, add value to them so you can kind of create this community and in a way that it also supports your business. Mm -hmm. So when we work with clients, we look at the business and we're like, okay, so this is a, let's say, a furniture store based in Dallas, Texas. So who are the people that buy furniture? What are the type of problems? What are the daily things that they go through? And can we create that type of content on behalf of this business so we can create and cultivate that community? And then obviously, when you're a business, you want leads, sales, revenue, profit, right? So yeah. you're not building the community just for the sake of it. You're also creating campaigns or creating, you know, those lead magnets or sales campaigns to drive that people closer to, you know, making that buying decision and hopefully to buy it from you. Yeah. And so, every, everything I believe in, in terms of the fact that it, it's almost, it doesn't matter where you sell it or mm -hmm. even what you're selling, it's still that same thing that you create that relationship and you understand the why. You talk about the why. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. A lot. And see, that's why when people work with me or my, my company, they're not coming to us and saying, Hey, we want Facebook marketing or we want, you know, Instagram ads or LinkedIn. They're coming to us with the mindset of, Hey, here's our business. And our goal is to grow. What do you think? Right. Yeah. So then we help them with those two things. One, let's create a community of people. That's your target audience. And obviously you know this, right? When we talk about creating community, it's not one way street community is like this, you know, two way, you know, you and I have been connected and adding value to each other's content for like, you know, probably like 10 months. And now here we are, you know, kind of getting on this podcast. And I think businesses sort of uh, forget that when we are in a mindset of growing our business, we think it's all about buy my book or buy my, you know, buy the furniture from my store. It's not, yeah, you got to tell people what you sell, but there's a lot that needs to happen before that to build that relationship. Yeah, and, and I guess I would sum that up with the fact that it's trust. Yes. You know, this is the thing, isn't it? Another key word is that that's how we just instinctively buy through trust and impulse and through gut, you know, our gut reaction. Um, yeah. And if you can't build that first or you don't build that first and you go straight into sell, you know, these salespeople who just go straight in for the sale. Yeah. Um, that's what's given it such a bad reputation and that's what kills it you know we yeah. need that that relationship don't we yeah and you know i always say uh, if people know like and trust you they'll do business with you or actually mm -hmm. if people know like and trust you they'll consider doing business with you right yeah um a lot of i think I, my personal and you know maybe i'll ask you if you agree with it i think when this you know maybe like four or five years ago 
when social media came onto the scene, the Facebook, Instagram, and all these channels, all of us, and including myself, I think as business owners, we thought this is the answer to all of our problems. This is the place where we go and sell our products. And I think now five, five years into the social landscape, we have realized it's not just sales channel. No. Right? So I think the next step now is exactly what you said. It's about the relationships. It's about the trust. And once you establish those, then asking for the sales might, uh, becomes much easier. Yeah, it does completely. And the very early days of LinkedIn, Ali, that I remember, it was all about sell, sell this, sell that, buy this, buy that. Here's my offer. Here's my product. This is what yeah. I do. And you still see in the feed, you still see those adverts pop up now and again, or the posts, I should say, um, yeah. from people who probably haven't realized how LinkedIn now works because it is yeah. so much more about storytelling, about thought leadership, about learning, about sharing knowledge, about having conversation. You know, and that's yeah. why I love LinkedIn because for me, that is what actually what sales is about. You know, and that's how we, we build those relationships. So. Yeah, and I, you know, I give people, I think you, um, our common friend, Eleanor, she's a great example and include like, you as well. Um, I tell people that I produce a lot of content, but I don't think I'm good with words. I'm, I'm not a, I can produce content, but I'm not a storyteller. But when I look at you guys, you guys, to me, that's like the, the way you tell stories, the way you connect people. Because once you kind of connect people at the deeper level, at the human level, then it becomes easier because then people open up with you. Then people start telling you, hey, I need to buy this, but actually here's the actual problem that I'm going through in my business. Yeah. Right. And then once you get into those type of conversation, then everything, then you don't feel like you're pushing sales. Then you feel like you're adding much more than just giving that person a product. Right. Yeah. So it's much more deeper. And I, I look at your content. Uh, and some other people to actually learn how to tell stories. I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah, I think, you see, the thing is, um, you may not realize, Ali, that you really are good at it. You just don't necessarily do it, as you say, with the words. I tell you what I want to mention, and um, people perhaps, I'll give them all of the ways, and you'll tell them how they can find you at the end of this mm -hmm. podcast. But mm -hmm. one of the things I love that you do, I've got it on here, because... Um, I'm just looking it up as we're speaking, is something you call hashtag let's graph. Yes. Okay. Yes. I absolutely <laughs> love this. And, yeah. and this is when people look it up after the show. This is where you literally just draw these very simple graphs and diagrams and they tell a story and you don't realize it actually how much it's telling a story. It's yeah. particularly fabulous, I think. And, of course, it's what I now associate with you. I don't, Ali is Let's Graph, you Let's know? Graph, yeah. yeah. It kind of <laughs> becomes your brand or your recognition. And, you know, funny thing, um, you know, if I tell you the story behind it, you're going to laugh yeah. at me. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, back in, I think, uh, 20, I want to say 2014, 2015, I saw, like, everyone is blogging, right? Everyone is producing content on WordPress and Blogger back in the day. And I was like, I want to be like them, right? I want to produce content. I want to be known as a blogger. Um, but then I was like, you know, but I can't, you know, for me, English is my third language. It's not even my second language. It's my third language. Wow. So I was like, and I did, I was really bad, especially with the, the grammar and the written English. I'm, I'm really bad still. And I was like, you know, I want to blog, which means I want to share my ideas, right? But I'm really bad at, you know, writing. 
So what do I do? So I kept thinking and I think it took me like three or four months to just kind of, cause I would, I would ignore it. But then again, when I'm thinking alone, it'll come back to me. Hey, go back. You know, you, you have some ideas that you want to share to the world. So that's where I kind of thought about, it's about, it's not, it's, it's less about the medium and more about what I have here and sharing it with other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it kind of the, the birth of Let's Graph was, you know, in those days, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, forget about how people do blogging today. I'm just going to draw, you know, if I'm reading something and I have an idea, if this is how I understood the concept that I'm reading, I'm just going to draw it and then share it with other people. Yeah. So yeah. And it slowly it became, um, you know, um, it got picked up by Nine Gag. Um, it was picked up by Brian Tracy's uh, Facebook page and a couple of other like mega, mega pages. Um, but yeah, now like a lot of people, it's my like brand recognition, but the idea is super simple. I, uh, anything that I understand or I try, I'm learning, I try to draw in simple graph and I, and I'm a huge believer. If you can't like simplify in your head, that's a clear indication that I didn't understand that. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I love it. I just love it. So I've got, I've got some in front of me. So there's this one where you've just got a circle, big circle, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. says all the information we have. And then inside yeah. it, there's this tiny black dot and it yeah. says how much we use. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> and I love it. And then, of course, when you post these on, on LinkedIn, you then put a whole dialogue around it. It's yeah. just sort of, you know, what questions you're asking us to think about. But it's yeah. just so, it, it's so impactful and it's so simple. And that's what I like about it because it makes you think. You think, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, we have all this information, but actually how much do we really use? And, yeah. and I guess the question from that for me is how much do we really need to consume mm -hmm. in terms for us to actually benefit, yeah? yeah. And, you know, Jules, that's a, you know, looking back, at my my life right and all the the progress that i've made so far um you know i graduated with uh, electrical engineering that was my degree i worked in software um, i worked for companies like ge uh, microsoft sprint like really mega brands and now i run my own business right so i've gone through that that transition right for someone who was uh, in nine to five and then made the transition and i've created some of my own startups too when i look back the the time periods when i made the most progress was the time period i was not consuming anything yeah i was in the i was in the production sort of like mode so i think going back to your question what i've realized is it, it's actually you know i think our brain is kind of crazy um it's hard to say i'm not gonna it's hard to be like hey i'm not gonna consume i'm go to like zero consumption yeah. i'm not gonna consume anything so what i end up doing what i do today is if I see something I want to consume, like a blog post or article or video, I save it. Mm. I just tell my brain, hey, this is a cool video that about, let's say, Facebook ads. Let me, yeah, I don't want to miss on this because it's a FOMO, right? That FOMO kind of, you know, kind of plays with our mind. So I say, I'm not going to, you know, I will watch it, but let me save it and I'll go watch it on Saturday because Saturday is my consumption day. Yeah. And then what happens is, on Saturday, when I go back to those, you know, 50 pieces of articles that I saved, I look at half of them and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I don't think I need them anymore. And then the other 50, I might go through them, skim through it. And then there might be like 10 that I'll like really, you know, consume in detail. So I think that that process kind of helps me manage it. So whatever that process is for you, one thing I can tell the you know, people who are watching or listening, 
look back at, you know, maybe a month of your life or um, let's say two weeks. If most of your time is you spent on consuming content versus producing, it's going to be very difficult to achieve your, whatever your goals or whatever your dreams are. But so that's an indication. Look back. And if you are spending more time consuming, then you absolutely want to find a way to manage that. And my system is there was a time period that I would say that, that I had, and I was like, I'm not going to consume anything. And it was actually really, cause I, then I kept thinking about that article. I kept thinking about that, uh, that video. And I'm like, Hey, what am I missing? That video promises, yeah. you know, three things that you should know about Facebook, uh, ads. And I know too, what's the third one. Right. So now my system is I, I tell my brain, okay, I'll come back to it. Yeah. And when I actually go back to it, then there's a automatically then half of the things I don't find valuable anymore. Yeah. Right? So whatever you do find, I think it's also looking inside self-awareness look inside and see, you know, why are you consuming so much stuff and then how can you manage it? And maybe I'm not even saying remove it. I'm saying, you know, manage your consumption. Yeah. I think it's great tip because I think we are, we have a, what we call in the UK. I don't know if you have this in the U S we call it FOMO. So yep. fear of missing out. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. Like you said, well, I know too. What's the other one? Um, yes. And so we're always frightened we're just missing something that's going to be really valuable. But then what we don't do then, some of us, we don't actually use what we've already consumed that we actually could go out and start actioning. So we're almost procrastinating really, aren't we? Because we're just yeah. consuming and then actually not doing anything with it. So it's a really interesting discussion, I think, around how much information is now available to us yeah. to and you know. I want to, you just reminded me of something really interesting. There's a, I think a lot of people talk about this concept of, um, you know, reading just in time, or I forgot the actual term, that you only read and consume what you're going to use right after reading it, right? So let's say if you're, you know, we're creating a business or we're launching a course together and we don't, we're not sure how to do the video editing. So let's go consume the, the content related to that and forget about the, the marketing and promotion and everything else. Because our next step is, the video editing. Yeah. And I, I actually tried it, but for some reason I wasn't able to make it work for me. And again, I think it goes back to, you know, being self-aware mm. and then managing your life and your dreams and your goals. But I, it, theoretically, I think that's a great idea that you only consume. If you look at a piece of article or piece of video before you consume it, ask yourself, am I going to take an action right after consumption? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I the think answer that is yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. And I actually think that's how I do it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's actually how I do it. So, so that, yeah, loved, I love chatting through that. So I've got some questions. Um, right. My first question is, what is growth hacking? Ooh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> growth hacking, there's a lot of like, uh, I think different marketers define it in different ways. To me, growth hacking is everything that marketing should be. So um, when we say, um, if I tell you, Jules, I'm going to you know, build my brand on LinkedIn by producing content, I, you know, that's kind of like, you know, that's marketing tactic, right? It's a marketing channel. I'm going to put my content. But if I say, hey, Jules, I'm, LinkedIn is an interesting channel. For next two weeks, I'm going to produce videos every other day and then look at the data and see if my reach has increased or if I get more uh, comments or not, 
In the second example, now I, I put some criteria that I can measure. And then at the end of two weeks, I can see, look back and see if I failed or passed based on the criteria that I picked. So by definition, that's growth hacking. Okay. Because you, you pick some metrics that you're going to uh, measure based on some tactics. And then at the end of that, you, um, you, know, you look back and you're like, okay, I tried it based on the results that, or based on the metrics I picked in the beginning, it didn't work. So what's next? Mm. Should I go test Instagram or should I go test Facebook ads or should mm. I go test SEO? Right. So, mm. but to me, it's not, um, that's how like people define it. The, the purpose of growth hacking or growth hackers is the growth, right? Yeah. So whatever business, you know, is, you know, we want to grow the traffic or the email leads. That's it, the, the purpose. But to me, that's also the purpose of, you know, marketing or social media marketing or other things, right? So yeah. that's how I define it. A lot of people, you know, if you search on Wikipedia, you're going to find a different definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's why I wanted to ask you what it meant because obviously you use it and, and I always think we're all very unique, aren't we, in how we kind of come into the world. And I thought, well, what does it actually mean to Ali? Because you yes. talked about it. So it's yeah. testing, really. I see it as it's just you testing, it. isn't it? Um, yes. And I guess if I'm really honest, I'm not sure I can be bothered to do that sort of thing. And that sounds so terrible, Ali, doesn't it? You know, yeah. because I guess it doesn't, that's not the stuff that lights my, my soul, you know, it, that's kind of mechanic stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the stuff I'd love someone else to do for me because I don't really want to do it myself. So yeah, um, and I think that's, a, that's the word. I, that's a beautiful word, a way of saying it, testing. Uh, and, um, you know, if you look at a lot of time in businesses who are selling on their website, you know, SaaS businesses or e-commerce businesses. So sometimes they even by changing the color of their button, mm. they can improve their results. Right. So that could also be a growth test. Um, and then, you know, the way I kind of is testing of any kind. Imagine and actually you may have done it and not realize you did it. So looking back at your you know, journey of uh, let's say one year or two years on LinkedIn, you may have realized there's certain type of content, that works well for you yeah. versus other type. And yeah. what you could do is moving forward, produce more of that content. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I do see that. I do see that happen. Um, yeah, I, I guess really I probably do take a little bit of notice of it, but it's just like not my favorite best thing ever, <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah. so, so my next question. Um, this is questions with Jules and Ali, if you're listening in. Mm -hmm. um, so which social media channels are leading right now? Uh, you say that again. You were you broke up. Okay. Which social media channels are leading right now? Who's leading so, the way? Hands down, I I feel last uh, seven eight months, probably twenty eighteen LinkedIn. I think a, a LinkedIn used to be like we discussed uh, in the beginning or offline. Used to be a resume site. You would go to LinkedIn when you need a new job, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think they've made a lot of changes, introduction of native video, improving the messages. Now they've improved the company pages. They're also improving the groups. So it really becomes a, a platform. I call LinkedIn is the new Facebook minus yeah. the memes and the, the, the kids' pictures, right? Yeah. Uh, or the, the cat memes or the baby pictures. Mm. So um, I feel they've made a you know, huge, huge uh, improvement, especially uh, if – you have a business and your audience is, you know, B2B, other business owners, other professionals, maybe freelancers, uh, executive suite people, then LinkedIn is a place that you should absolutely look at. 
The yeah. other one, so I, that would be number one for me. The other one, I, Instagram has really, I think, uh, for uh, for younger generation, and if your product or your business has you know physical element or you know, is visually appealing. In other words, let's say you have uh, you know fashion, you're in fashion industry or um, you know food industry, right? So those are the things that people naturally you know uh, gravitate towards. And Instagram is an interesting place because they have also added in last one year a lot of like interesting features. Yeah, because they've got um, IGTV now, haven't they? Instagram TV. Yeah, um, Instagram stories and then IGTV. Yeah. And now they're making like more, they're changing the, the way uh, the, the profile looks like. So it, it's, you know, the changes that made it interesting. But, you know, I want to add one thing because we're talking about social media channels. Mm-hmm. I truly believe it's not about the channel. So, for example, you know, how many gyms are there? You know, in the UK, probably a lot. You know, in, in the US, you know, we probably 24-hour fitness, LA fitness, you know, uh, Planet Fitness, like hundreds of gyms, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter which gym I go to. If I have a good strategy and plan and consistency, I will get results. Yeah. So I think it's, it's less about what's the best channel for businesses, more about we got to think about what's our business, where is our target audience, how can we go build trust for them by adding value to their life. And, you know, some people, because, you know, we can both pick examples of people who are crushing it on LinkedIn and other group of people who are crushing it on that's Instagram and then YouTube and even Facebook, right? So you can succeed on any of these channels, but they, it really comes back to, you know, your business and where your target audience is. Yeah, that's such a, such a great answer. And it's kind of the answer I really was hoping you'd give me because I, I have figured that was the right answer, you know, mm-hmm. for, this, for this discussion. And I think uh, the reason I asked it, Ali, is I know there's a lot of my listeners and I am now building, obviously I'm building my profile as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're entrepreneurial. There are a lot of female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think they are very, one of their big questions is, well, which channel works now? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook have changed their algorithms. Um, Facebook doesn't behave how it used to. Um, mm-hmm. And we have got really hung up, as we say, on the channel. Yeah. As opposed to thinking about, well, actually, where are the people hanging out who actually we want to serve? Yeah. And, and what are we going to say to them and how are we going to connect with them? So I love, I love the answer to that. Yeah. And, I think and you know, uh, quickly, I want to mention something. Because uh, someone asked me this question, I think, a few days ago here in Dallas. Um, and I say usually, if, you, if you're thinking about channels and which channels you should go, there are two questions I usually tell people to think about. And let's see if I remember those. <laughs> I think the first one is, um, which channel like where the, the audience that you want to reach, the people that you want to help, right? So where are they at? Right? Which channel they're using? That's one. The second is, the question you want to ask is, what's easy for you? Because mm. I think the magic is not in perfect channel and perfect content. Magic is in consistency. Yes, yes. Right? So if doing video is super easy for me, I can go stay consistent on, let's say, LinkedIn and, produce, and build my brand. If doing video is not easy for me and it's, it's super, super hard, but podcasting is really easy, right? Then I can crush it on, on that channel. So those are the two questions I usually tell people to think about you know, when they're trying to pick the, the, the channels they, yeah. they should focus on. Yeah, it's a great, great content for us to talk about. Again, I think really useful. Um, and again, of course, there's YouTube. We haven't mentioned YouTube, Ali. 
Yes, and you know, I actually have a lot of uh, content on YouTube. One of one of the other things I do is I create online courses. Mm. So I end up creating a lot of uh, you know video content, um, and then YouTube is um, it's the second biggest search engine. I know, right? So there's no uh, behind Google. So absolutely, I create. I think if you're any how-to content, like if you're if you feel like your target audience can benefit from how-to. Like, you know, how to create Facebook ads, how to do podcasting, how to do uh, whatever it may be, then YouTube is a really good place. And again, it will, YouTube, you'll get results from YouTube only if you stay consistent and add value. Yeah. If you're only going to produce one or two videos and show up every other month, then it's not going to work. No, exactly. And again, it's about uh, consistency, making sure the message is connecting with that ideal client. Absolutely. But also, for me, I think it's about the content I produce. How can I actually then cut that? And we talked about this before we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. You can start to take small bits of content you've produced and then post it in different ways as well. And I think a lot of us forget about that. You know, we're always yeah. thinking about we need to con- keep continuing to produce new content all the time. And actually, there's a lot of stuff we've already produced we can start to, to mess Deeper. about with. Repurpose, yeah, 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 exactly. which is exciting, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, and the other thing, Ali, you know, just to mention my book, because why wouldn't I mention my book? But there's so, so much content in there. Now I need to start saying, right, what can I pull out of my book mm-hmm. that I can then start using as content to get people interested in my methodology, but also my book, you know, me and my brand. So. Exactly. And then other, you know, if your book has... Uh, you know, let's say different chapters, right? So you can talk about, you know, let's uh, diff- those chapters, those themes. You can have like a theme month. So in February or January, you're talking about your chapter one from like different different angles. Because, you know, you did, you know, you have a book, but to put that book out there, there's probably like years of like research or knowledge or, you know, other thing that you um, that went through, right? So that's mm-hmm. all the content. Um, yeah you know, for the book, but uh, for the, for your social media, but here's another thing you could also, let's say you have a section and this is just an example, right? Let's say you have a section in the book about growth hack. I know you don't cause you, your book is focused on sales, <laughs> but just imagine for a second, you have a section on growth hacking and now here's a crazy guy, Ali. He, he's not mentioned in the book or he's not part of the book, but he knows something about growth hacking. So you can have a conversation with him on the topic of growth hacking and just get his perspective and then also bring or talk about your perspective that you have in the book. And then it becomes a value add for the audience. Yeah. And actually okay. we, we could do that, Ali, because there's bits in my book that we definitely have that lovely synergy about, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the why and connecting with the emotions and, you know, we, we could definitely do some stuff and collaboration, Ali, collaboration. Oh, absolutely. That's the <laughs> collaboration over competition, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a real buzzword at the moment, but it's so powerful. And if people really get their heads around how wonderful collaboration can be, you know, then, then they really will win, I think. Yes. You know? yes. It's a biggie now. It's a biggie, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, one thing I want to, it just, a lot of people go to, you know, social to create content and they feel like, hey, I have, like, they feel like it's a huge burden or it's a big, big task. You know, in the beginning, if you're just starting out and you just start paying attention and listening to other people, you can find, number one, you can learn. Number two, you can also find ways to collaborate with them. 
And I think there's so many examples of people who uh, they built their brand by the podcast shows or by video interviews uh, or in other words, they, they started collaborations with other people. Yeah, definitely. So that's a huge, huge opportunity to, you know, to uh, build your own brand or your business brand. Massive. Massive. So um, there's one other um, question I had around your thoughts on Facebook ads based on the fact that Facebook has gone through so many changes and people are, people in my kind of circles, they're losing a bit of faith with Facebook. Um, you know, I know we said we wouldn't necessarily focus on channels, but I just thought, what's your take now on actually investing money in things like Facebook ads, Ali? So just to, you know, my agency I social you, 80% of our revenue comes from um, managing Facebook ads of other people. Wow. So we're huge on Facebook ads. But yeah. what I tell people is, it's interesting. So Facebook ads do work, just like our examples of, you know, every gym works, but if you use it the right way. Yeah. Every channel works. YouTube works, LinkedIn works, you know, Instagram works, but if you use it the right way. Mm -hmm. Same thing I feel is, is about Facebook ads. Facebook, there's no doubt a Facebook ad in my mind it's, it's uh, you know, the best form of online advertising right now uh, with, you know, Google being expensive, YouTube ads, you know, kind of part of Google and being expensive. But here's the mistake people make is they feel like they go for the, the sale, right? They feel like I have this offer and I know my target audience. And let me put that offer in front of them. And then they realize they spend all that money on the ads and they realize people are not buying it. I feel the, the mistake, that's the biggest mistake people make. What, the way to use Facebook ads, and I'm trying to you know, condense it so I don't go on for like yeah. two hours because right? <laughs> I can talk about this for like two hours, yeah. is, is create a system. And I'll give you an example. You know, forget about Facebook ads, uh, you know, social media for a second, back in the sort of like stone age, right? So how did we do business? Uh, the way we did business was three steps. Step number one was we will go, let's say I'm a lawyer uh, or you're an accountant, we'll go meet a lot of people, right? So that's a step number one. And let's say if you met 100 people, we, we actually don't like all 100, right? So mm -hmm. out of 100, we may like, you know, maybe 10. So step number two was out of those 10, uh, you know, 100, do coffee or lunch or build one-to-one -one connection with those, uh, you know, 10 people. That's step mm -hmm. number two. Mm -hmm. And then the step number three is, you know, the close from those 10 people, you know, now you're going to do business with maybe one or two. Yeah. So that was the process we took in the, you know, pre-social or, you know, before social media, Facebook ads. So meet people, you know, build one-to-one -one relationship and then sell. Yeah. I feel that's the same. And I call it attract, build and convert. So ABC. Yeah. Yes. I feel that's the same process that you need to implement if you want to get results from Facebook ads. Mm. So Use the ads type that are attracting the right type of audience to your, maybe your Facebook page or maybe your landing page or maybe your website and do the, the campaigns or, or, or a system that builds a relationship and then try to convert them. I love it. So if you have a Facebook ad, if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, we, we're, we're, gonna, we're creating a Facebook ad, we're going to spend you know, $5,000 and we're driving traffic to our website so they can buy my book. And I'm like, who did you target? We're targeting authors and consultants and blah, blah, blah. It may work, but it may also not work. 
Yeah. It's just a one, it's just a, you're throwing money out there. There are a lot of people on Facebook, so someone may end up buying. But if you create a system where you're like, hey, here's our audience, and first we're going to attract them to us by solve here's the top from our research here's the top 10 questions people have in our niche we're going to answer all of those questions for free through video content and we're going to post those on our facebook page and then in step number two we're going to you know watch how many people watch 50 percent of our video and then capture that audience and then in step number three now those people have shown interest in the way we sell or the way we solve their problems now we're going to offer them a book yeah, I, it's perfect. It's right. perfect. It makes so much sense, Ali. Yeah. So to summarize, I would say, you know, Facebook ads, don't look at Facebook ads as, as a sort of like a one-time sort of solution. Um, if you system, if you create a system with the right strategy, it works. Yeah. I love it. No, it just makes so much sense to me. And it's back, like, it's, you're so right. It's back to how we always used to do it, how we make relationships, how we would expect to buy something. You know, it, it's just great. It, it's, yes. it's spot on. And actually, I've never thought about Facebook adverts like that, if I'm really honest with you. I probably tried a couple of times, tried to sell something on it, failed miserably and said, oh, they're a load of rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> To me, because you know, I, I, this is my, my circle and I talk to a lot of people, this, the, you know, the way I kind of filter out, if someone tells me I'm using Facebook ads to do you know, X, Y, Z, in my mind, I know, it, you know it could be, um, they could succeed or same chance, 50-50, they could also fail, right? But if someone tells me, hey, Ali, I'm, we're doing Facebook ad because X, Y, Z. Now in their mind, they have a reason to test something. So that person to me is more likely to succeed because he has some assumptions that he's testing and maybe he's right, but maybe he's wrong. If he's wrong, he's going to go change his, you know, metrics or change his methodology. Yeah. So yeah. take the, the, the lesson that the takeaway I would, you know, leave people with is take the systematic, don't just, you know, throw money on uh, Facebook ads, take the system. If you don't have the right strategy, if it doesn't make sense in your head, don't do it. No. No. The right side of yeah, absolutely. Um, I could talk to you for hours, Ali. I yeah. knew it was going to be like this. I knew it was going to be like this. Um, so just, I guess, just as an exchange, and um, you've obviously followed me, watched my content, had conversations online with me. What, what do you take from the kind of content I'm putting out? What's, what's the key messages you're getting from my stuff, just out of interest? So I, I think uh, I probably mentioned in the beginning too, <clears throat> there the couple of other, you know, our common friend and then yourself, the, the content that you, when I look at your content, I actually sometimes take notes because I want to see how, when you started the first line, especially any, anyone watching it, go check you out on LinkedIn and read your statuses, how you tie up the opening line of your LinkedIn status to the last line. Like there's a story in between, right? Sometimes you guys will start with a, a personal um, experience and then it's tied to a business lesson people can walk away with. Yeah. So when I'm watching your content, that's what I'm, how do you tell stories, right? Mm -hmm. How do you tie up personal experiences uh, with business lessons, Yeah. right? And when you have a book, then how do you talk about that book not you know not like hey go buy my book but based on like other here's different lessons and by the way i also talked about that in in the book yeah so i i love i think uh one thing i would um and that's i also tell myself 
to play more or do more experiments with the video. Yeah. Just to see like how you know, different type of video content uh, uh, does it. And I would probably say the same thing to you or you know, other people. But I think that's what I, when I look at your content, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm paying attention to how you guys are telling stories. I'm paying attention to how you relate personal stories to the, the business lessons. And mm-hmm. also how I think another really good thing is you're not a lot of, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I put content out there and it's sort of like it's self-serving. It's just like, hey, I did this. I was successful. I'm so great. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But a lot of your content is it makes me think. Like the last line of your content is there's a, there's a question or there's a you know, there's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you spark conversations. Yeah, yeah. Or you make people think. And sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes I read your um, uh, your content and there's something to think about, and I, I go blank. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to say. I'm like, okay, let's let's you know think about that for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I think one of the great ones that, that I did not long ago in the last week it was actually, was the hashtag year from now. Yes. And, and that came from um, my Facebook group. I did it in a challenge and I just suddenly came up with it. It just came from nowhere. And I thought, what if we did a video as if it's 12 months time mm. as to what we're doing in our business? And it had this massive impact. And, and it was so interesting. People were, oh, I'm going to do this. And they were dreaming their dreams. They were imagining how far they'd come. Um, we've done this. I've written another book. I've had this conference. I've got this new side of the business. And I was watching these videos thinking, this is wonderful. And then afterwards, what happened was they were actually making action points to reach those goals. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was something so simple. And then, of course, I've started it on LinkedIn and there's been quite a few people now have done videos and they've tagged me. And it's, it's amazing, amazing to see the power yeah. of conversation. And you see how, like, you know, I do, I don't know, the, probably it was, it's been a couple of days since I see your last type of, uh, or last piece of content from you, but I still remember, right? Yeah. So there are a lot of, I mean, we see a lot of content. Sometimes I will, you know, there's a person, I know that person is creating content, but in my mind, I can't think of, or I can't relate to what type or what theme. I think when it comes to, we talk a lot about um, personal branding or building your brand. That's what you, I think you got to look inside, see what you're good at and mm. consistently talk about those things. And then people will automatically start, you know, relating you to those. Like people can relate me to the graphs. Yeah. Or, you know, people relate you to the, those, you know, the way, uh, you know, you tell stories and those, you know, get people thinking and get people talking. So I think that's a really good example of anyone who wants to build, you know, their brand. Yeah, definitely. So just to kind of close it now, to bring it to an end, I'm really sad because I've (laughs) loved it. We'll have to do it again, Ali. Um, What is your one big piece of advice? And we've had a lot of advice from you in this podcast, so it's been amazing content. But that just one, one last final thought. What do you think it would be, Ali, for the listeners? So, you know, um, what I would say, because you know, my, my circle, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of uh, uh, business owners or people who are just starting their businesses. And I think a lot of uh, probably our audience too, they're either uh, freelancers or thinking about starting their business or going from nine to five to their business. And, you know, sometimes it looks scary. Like sometimes you're like, Hey, I don't know. I want to build this huge business or I want to maybe start my business, but I don't know what to do. You know, it looks a lot of other people are doing it and I know it's possible, 
but I was thinking the same thing last year, and this year I'm thinking the same thing. What I would say is find a way to take a small step. To me, the way I, I feel, uh, even like looking back on my life, big goals are great, big dreams are you know cool, but I think the magic happens in small steps. Progress creates momentum. Progress creates uh, you know happiness in my mind. So if your goal, you know, one example, you know, if you tell me a specific situation, I can give you like some ideas. If you want to go from nine to five to, let's say, starting a business, it, can you find a meetup, a local meetup in your city and go hang out with those people who are actually doing what you want to do? Right. So that would be, that could be a baby step because you might be like, hey, I want to, I'm stuck in nine to five. I want to create my own business. It looks really cool, but I don't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say that, like, you know, whatever you want to achieve in 2019 or even beyond, do dream big goals or do dream, you know, have big, uh, you know, goals for your life, but kind of like, you know, forget those for a second and focus on the process mm-hmm. and find that what's that next small step that you can take. And, you know, one, if you want to analogy, you know, if I want to go, let's say, uh, my goal is to have six pack abs, right? So that's a really good and big goal, right? But I'm not going to have six-pack abs by just dreaming that every single day. I have to go to gym every single day, right? And do the same exercises every single day for six months. So I, gotta, I had a goal and dream, but then I had to forget about that and then create a system in my life. Yeah, it's so, so that's true. What I would, I love that, Ali. Ali, I um, I say sometimes that from small strides, from small steps come giant strides. Yes. And I don't know if I read it somewhere or whether I even just made it up, but it's kind of like it makes so much sense to me. So that's that's really great advice. I have so loved talking to you. So how do people find you, Ali? What have they got to look for to find you? So my website is isocialu.com. And if you search my name, Ali Mirza, on any social media channel, I will be on there and we'll be producing lots of content. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll make sure I put the links on all of the podcasts and any posts that I do as well. So thank you, Ali. I've had such a great conversation with you, another human conversation. It's been really awesome to finally meet you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jules, for having me and anyone, you know, watching or listening. If you guys have questions for me or Jules on sales or marketing, do reach out to us because I think one of the things both maybe, you know, you can relate to this. One of the things that keeps us going and producing this content is we want to know what you're thinking. We want to know what type of problems you're going through. We want to know like what your goals are. So because sometimes, you know, if someone who is two steps ahead of me, that person can tell me, that person can with his or her advice can save me a lot of time. So any question, comments, feedback, or even if, uh, you know, we said something or I said something that you don't agree with, do let us know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're, we're open for anything. Bring it Absolutely. on. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening to this podcast and you loved it, then please subscribe. We're on SoundCloud and we're also on iTunes. I'd love to have you follow because I'm going to keep producing amazing content with amazing people like Ali. So it only remains for me to say ta-da for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, 
www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.